All right, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast. We're doing a 30 minutes with and we're delighted to have Mika Lipiena, who is the CEO of Kura Whiskey. Now, Mika, did I pronounce everything right there? Because I've been practicing that all week, man. I don't want to let you down then. It's, it was great. It was great. All right. <laughs> it's, it's definitely code for it. You absolutely fucked that up, Mitch. <laughs> that was finished diplomacy right there, Mitch. <laughs> uh, Helsinki Accords, we're known for it. <laughs> but it, but it is like it is Kura whiskey, right? I mean, you spell it differently, and a lot of I heard, I know a lot of people over here say Cairo whiskey. Yeah, but it, it is. You're right. It's Kura. It's it's almost like got a Japanese pronunciation to it. Kura, like with a the very particular Y and the uh, O with dots, the, the uh. So yeah, it's pretty exotic. But you, it's easy enough that you can still get it out, like pronounced out, even if it's not right. It's fine. Perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we, we got that. So Kura Whiskey. So Mika, you know, it's great to have you on the show, man. We're always always really excited on the show to talk about world whiskies as opposed to just scotch all the time. Um, you know, so far we've chatted about, uh, let me think here, we've chatted about Australian whiskey, Indian whiskey, Welsh, uh, even uh, whiskey from the Czech Republic, but never Finland. So this is exciting for us, man. Yeah, Absolutely. it's uh, it's exciting for us too. I mean, we we've been a meat, potatoes, and vodka people for a long time, so now we're changing it. And uh, whiskey from Finland, especially rye whiskey, is going to be a thing. Absolutely. Look, before we get into talking about Kuro, I think it'd be interesting for our, our listener to learn. And I say, Mitch, uh, it's always listener. I'm. I think you're a bit ambitious when we talk about listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but so for our listener. Um, you know, we'd love to learn a little bit about Finnish drinking traditions. I've actually spent time in Finland and I can tell you that for myself and for other people in the whiskey business who've been to Finland, it often means flying in or traveling into Finland and then getting in a boat or a ferry, going out into international waters and drinking until you can't see. So <laughs> is that is that the norm or was that just my experience? Well, it's um, it's still there. I mean, the the um, the ferry traffic, the ferries going out of Helsinki, or as we call them the the floating moral vacuums, are are um, <laughs> a part of the the Finnish tradition of both uh, going out for uh, a weekend or a um, family trip or a stag do or whatever. And unfortunately, these like sometimes overlap quite badly. Um, and then. The big component there is as well buying uh, spirits and buying even even um, beer and, and uh, long drink, um, which is our national RTD. Um, so buying those for your home, because when it, when it goes out to international waters and stays there for 23 hours, you can buy tax free. And, you know, our alcohol taxes being very high, um, it's been a pro popular channel where you where you go and get wasted and buy buy spirits for your home. But um I don't think it's going anywhere, especially with uh, our taxes uh, just going up and up. But uh, I think the culture there is changing as well with uh, like fancy wine bars popping up on the boats and and some really high class whiskey festivals there as well, where you'd find us too. Um, so yep. yeah, it, it's, it's a part of something old and something new as well. Yeah, I think it was a whiskey festival that I was actually out at. So I'm probably doing it a disservice, but it was a massive selling opportunity. I think that the... The, the opportunity to get in front of like really geeky, really like nerdy whiskey people, which was amazing. Like the people are fantastic. And I think that that whole region, you know, the Scandinavian region is 
just the the people that really make the 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 region and i think that that's something that you know we've, we've we were looking at your commercial and the the amazing things that you've done online which i would highly recommend that Definitely. people go and check out on youtube but you start in a sauna and there is something called sauna finnish sauna diplomacy i don't know if you've seen this or not but the yeah. finnish embassies are building saunas inside every single one of their their uh, embassies and when world leaders come to visit they strip them down put them in a towel and go talk shop is that something that's helped you guys when you're putting your whiskies and your gin together yeah i think so i mean the, the sauna is kind of a magical place and at the same time the most mundane place you can have for a fin but uh, i think for us i mean for instance our company was kind of founded in a sauna so we were um, we were drinking some uh, Rittenhouse rye at very high temperatures, which is not <laughs> the, uh, maybe ideal temperature to, to drink uh, your your US style rye. But uh, we got really enthused about the fact that you know this is rye whiskey and and you know Finns we we eat a lot of rye and and um, nobody's uh, thought of putting these two together before in in Finland and let's go out and do it. But the the backdrop to all of this is the sauna. Where, as you said, we all kind of strip down, and and you know you're you're there. It's it's a very kind of like equal. It's it's very um, easygoing setting, and uh, even Finnish people get uh, get into talking about their feelings and asking about other people's feelings in a sauna, which they wouldn't do elsewhere. Because we don't have a pop culture per se, so you don't meet your friends for after work. You you meet your friends in a sauna. Mick, let's talk about you, your background and, and you know, the people that, that you talked about in the sauna there. Are you guys all from the drinks industry originally or is this like first time for you guys? What's what's the story there? Absolutely first time. So um, drinks industry is, is not a big industry in Finland. It, it used to be all government. So government uh, made, imported, distributed and retailed all spirits in Finland. Now, nowadays... Um, uh, they they still uh, do the retailing, so there's a government monopoly. But um, behind that, there's now a more multitude of producers like us. And um, for for um, us five who started Kura Distillery, we just came from all walks of life. So I was in pharmaceuticals. Um, Miko was in media startups. Uh, Miko was in ship engine building. Yoni in project logistics. And Kalle grew algae for a living for Helsinki University. So no absolutely no background in the drinks industry just a strong feeling that you know that the world needs a finnish rye distillery fantastic so then talk us through how that all was all put together i mean i, I know you guys have gin i'm assuming the gin yeah. aspect of it was the first thing that came along but the whiskey was the main focus for you guys and the and, and the goal at the end right yeah absolutely so we when we started out um the whiskey was kind of the initial idea but uh, we quickly figured out, obviously, that whiskey takes time to mature. Since uh, for us, being from a new region and and making a, a very new kind of brand, we we didn't want to buy anybody else's liquid and slap a label on it. So we figured, like, let's let's start building from the scratch and and let's start making all our liquids ourselves. And uh, it's a long process. So we got to thinking what else can we apply Finnish rye into so okay we can make it into a clear spirit but what do we do with it vodka wasn't really interesting at that point so we figured that let's combine it with uh, our national pastime which is uh, uh, applying our yoka miehen oikeus which means it, it's uh, literally translated 
every month, right? And it means you can go and pick uh, berries and mushrooms and anything that grows wild from anybody's lot, whether it's your land, my land, government land. So we went out and, and picked uh, everything that we could, started macerating them, uh, started um, started distilling uh, different botanicals and berries and, and came up with a recipe that uh, was really, really good for a gin. And so gin it was, and, and that really got us going in 2014, 15, when we started. Wow. So the agricultural aspect of what you guys do is really important. Is that the same for the rye? Like, What is the process for the grains that you're using and, and, and the mash bills that you're putting together for your whiskey? Yeah, the, the rye is the thing. And and when we were tasting sort of the, the best best rye out there in the marketplace when we started, you know, there's some some fantastic liquids uh, there. Um, Thomas H. Handy, for, for me, will always be the rye that really got me into rye. Um, but for us, we wanted our whiskeys taste like like Finnish people understand what rye tastes like. And it's not that sort of hot, spicy, peppery character of, of U.S. rye. It's not that very sweet kind of, um, um, obviously, a bit wine-enhanced uh, style of, that they do in Canada. So for us, it had to be about rye, and that filtered down to all the decision-making in, in designing the process. So we don't filter, we don't water, we don't separate anything from the rye. All the solids go into the stills. Uh, we ferment for a long time to to really bring everything out that the rye can give us. And um, the local rye that we use is small, so small grain, where we have only like 14 weeks of growing season, but so laden with sunlight. So we get two, 22 hours of sun where we are uh, at the distillery. So you get a lot of flavor packing in the outer surface of the rye. So all of these decisions came out of the kind of the, I, I, I don't call it terroir. I don't necessarily agree with using the word terroir in whiskey, but it's, it's really um, sort of faithful to our macro climate and, and the raw material we're working with. I think, you know, going back, Nicholas, you mentioned this earlier on the, uh, the advert that you guys did, I think it was brutally finished with, you yeah. know, just the starts in the sauna and, I love that you just mentioned on it there talking about your summer. I think you said, you said in that advert, like, Oh yes. And we, you know, uh, put all the, uh, distill all the botanicals, uh, up and, and for one day in the one day, oh, what was it like in the summer, which is like one, one day, day in Finland, year. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we might get a bit more warmth than that, but it, it sometimes does feel like it, that, you know, walking around it, even something like London, it's, it's going to be so much warmer basically all year long that compared to Finland, but it's the, it's really the amount of sunlight that really makes the difference, especially in the grain. But then of, of course you can flip that over and, and in the winter you don't see much of the sun at all. So, you know, good time to drink. What's the vision for the business, like the size and scale that you are now? Are you looking to expand out globally and, and, and make the brand kind of available in other markets or are you really just kind of focusing on, on Europe and the home markets right now? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Obviously, we're now finally starting to have whiskey to actually sell in the marketplace, whereas before it's been like us telling everybody, you know, it's coming, it's coming, and here's one bottle you can taste. Um, so now, right now, we're, uh, we're domestically the fastest growing uh, whiskey brand in, in Finland, and our main export market right now is Germany, but UK is actually coming up quite fast after that. And 
USA is like, even though we don't really do anything in the US, we just uh, have organized some basic level importing. Uh, US is a quite a strong growth market. So let's say next year, we might be looking at doing a bit more in the US. And we just raised some uh, international expansion capital, um, closed it last Friday. And uh, hopefully we can use that to really grow the size of the brand quite significantly, but only in in a few selected markets rather than like a scattershot thing. Brilliant. I'm delighted that you said when you'd close your capital, you were just like, and that allows us to go to Vegas and put it all on black. <laughs> Double the capital. Exactly. Yes, that's, that's it was all or works. nothing, guys. You knew the risks. It was all or nothing. <laughs> let's not let's not talk about Vegas, Nick. Remember what happened there last time? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Just to fill you in on this joke here, we got that... Um, Mitch proposed to me on Valentine's Day. For some reason, the two of us ended up getting stranded in Las Vegas on Valentine's Day. And Mitch thought it'd be uh-huh. really funny in a packed restaurant to get down on one knee. So the whole restaurant burst into <laughs> applause thinking that he'd proposed and they sent over a round of champagne on the house. It's the only I, time that Mitch would do it. It's the only time I've been lost for words. <laughs> I actually wow. went red. And what I used, Mika, was like... A- I was working for Glenfiddich at the time, and it was these Glenfiddich cufflinks, but it came yeah. in like what looked like a ring box. I actually just popped that open. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever seen him go bright red. It was pretty pretty hilarious. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. And we've well, been happily married for 14 years. So that's the that's the that's the <laughs> twist. <laughs> I made him see it through. Uh, a proper Vegas wedding. Uh, that's, uh, that's excellent. But yeah, let's let's get back onto the whiskey here. I want to talk about you touched a little bit on production there. Can you tell everyone listening so where you where the distillery is, kind of what you guys use equipment wise and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So we we are in um, say Western Finland, uh, quite near the coastline, just uh, fa- facing Sweden, uh, in a town called Isokura, hence the the Kura distillery name. Mm. Isokura just means big Kura. We are very imaginative with the names there. Um, <laughs> so, so we started setting up there in uh, two, 2013 into this fantastic old stone built dairy built in 1908. And um, one of our, our our founding partners lives right next to the dairy, and uh, he, he lured us there from the capital region and said that you know this is a, the best place to start a business, and we believed him. It, it was it's a beautiful site. And uh, we've been building there and expanding basically ever since. And um, uh, if you're ever in Finland, by the way, you should absolutely visit. We, we we do get a good number of visitors per year nowadays. And mid-August, we have our distillery festival. So it's beautiful. Um, okay, ab- about the production itself. So we kind of respectfully borrow from a lot of distilling cultures out there. So we use a hundred percent rye mash bill for everything, and we we've got some smoky mash bills and and some uh, non-smoked, but uh, they're all hundred percent malted. So essentially, what we produce is um, single malt rye, though we can't call it single malt because SWA and all, all of that. Um, but it's it's a hundred percent malted rye whiskey, and we produce it so that first of all we hammer mill it, then we um, mash it. Then we've got a very, very long fermentation where we get a nice secondary fermentation in. So about 144 hours. And and uh, it really generates those rye flavors and adds to the, the sweeter, darker, earthier tones of, um, of the mash. And then we push it into our pot stills. So we've got a setup of 
a 9,000 liter plus a 7,000 liter uh, copper pot still. So that's a, a bit more than on the Scottish side of, of how to do things. And um, yeah, we, we double distill it and then we, we get the, the liquid out. We barrel nowadays at about 55% to between 55 and 58% ABV on average uh, for, for an optimal maturation for the rye. And then we take it and store it locally. So, um, yeah, there's uh, elements of U.S. distilling, um, Scottish distilling, and even some like Canadian distilling vibes where we've got uh, the core mash bills that are very solid and, and very set. And then we, we store it in ex-bourbon and new American oak barrels. And then we have like special casks from here and there, um, anything from port to Vinsanto and from rum to um, some uh, South American wood, which we're trialing out. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. Those yeah. are, that's big stills. That's that's surprising. I was shocked when you said the yeah. size of the stills there. That's not I mean, a small we, operation. Yeah, we're not kidding around. I mean, yeah. you, you know, like, I don't know what the word means anymore, but if we consider ourselves like European craft distilling uh, and European craft distilling operation, in that metric, we're actually quite big. Uh, when you compare to small distillers in the US, of course, we're <laughs> very, very small. Um, but um, yeah, all things considered, we've got about 1.2, 1.3 million liters of whiskey in stock now. So we really aim to change the landscape of uh, rye whiskey and, and European whiskey out there. And Mika, how much are you producing every year then? So right now with the with current setup, um, it, it would be about 320,000 LPA a year. I mean, you mentioned all the, the different casks there. I'm assuming you're gonna you guys are gonna start finishing with a little bit of uh, uh, sort of experimenting with with some finishing. Is that in the pipeline anytime soon? Yeah, absolutely. Just so... biting his tongue not to not to get that pun <laughs> over there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're we're quite finished. Um, so so for us, obviously, again, it's a new region, new kind of mash bill, new process. So we almost feel. Uh, obliged to try a lot of things out but the core recipe is is, is really solid and, and our our core units are good malt whiskey uh good malt rye our wood smoke and our upcoming peat smoke which is done with uh, finished freshwater peat um they're going to be really stable but in addition to that we've uh, released a number of gooders choice uh bottlings which are always finished in in some exotic casks so you still from uh, the UK, for instance, you can get a uh, Monbasiak finished Kura uh, rye malt through speciality, i.e. the whiskey exchange. But um, yeah, we, we have those coming out one to two every year at least. And when we talk about Finnish whiskies, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think you're only one of two distilleries right now that are doing whiskey in Finland. Is that is that correct or is there more now? There's more. I think we are now five active distilleries distilling at least a bit of whiskey so yep. only i would say only four that are predominantly distilling whiskey and, and is there a you... way for you guys to work collaboratively together on anything obviously in scotland a lot of distilleries buy sell trade and blend obviously you know you spoke very very much about making sure that you're producing all your own liquid on site but yep. is that something is there a blending opportunity to create yeah, another avenue of Finnish whiskies that we can all look forward to. 
that's a good question and i think give it two three years more when all of us have a bit more age stock yeah uh, I, I think there's a real opportunity there obviously we're trying to encourage everybody to make rye whiskey because we really feel that you know Finns being so into rye and and uh, rye being a great uh, grain for our soil and all of that so so it'd be great if we became known as as the area where where you make really massive um flavor profiled uh, rye whiskey so so we'll see what happens but there's a, at least a couple of us making rye right now so uh hopefully we can even start start blending some rye in the future and what about rules and regulations for finnish whiskey is there anything in place at the moment or is that coming or there's not so much like an attempt right now to to get like a gi like a geographic indicator or anything like that so we just follow the general rules uh in the eu that govern the whiskey as a category and um it, it's a bit of a balancing act obviously with um with rye for instance and and then having malted rye which we kind of like to call it single malt but since we can't um then we we just have to find our own way. We we thought about like, do we call it pure malt or something like in the Scottish Japanese tradition? But no, it's a, for us. Us it's just malt rye, and um, otherwise we go with the same as as everybody else. Like minimum three years, um, maximum seven hundred liter cask. Can't add anything um, post distillation process except um, coloring and and water and all of that. Um, so Mika, for pe- people that that want to go out and find Cura, um, I know a lot of our listeners listeners are in the UK. A lot of them are in the US as well. Where's the best place they can do that? So always, like actually for both countries, uh, the most certain bet is is to go to our website and and buy directly. Um, we sell, I think, to forty states through our partners in the US right now. And UK wide, you can get us quite easily. Um, but in addition to that, you'll find us in in you know the usual suspects like Master of Malton and the Whiskey Exchange uh, in in the UK, and um, even a bit on Amazon, and then on the on the luxury side like Hedonism and whatnot. But so hopefully you'll find us more in in uh, bars and restaurants as well um, this year when we're putting a bit more footwork behind them, the whiskeys. But yeah, as I said, we still don't have that much to sell. So so slowly and surely the, the stock is maturing and we'll, we'll have more. But yeah, you should see us in a bigger way, especially in the UK. Is it a signature drink or cocktail that you'd recommend us make with your rye? Yeah, um, for me, I just can't get over the the old-fashioned application of, <laughs> of of the of the malt so from the malt i'd always make an old-fashioned and from the wood smoke uh, a whiskey sour because like the the acidity works really well with the kind of smoke we have in it now by the way i, I don't think i mentioned this but in our, our wood smoke rye you don't see a you know you don't see a lot of smoked rye whiskies out there but there's this process in finland where we dry our rye out for the winter by burning and bonfire of alder wood so you don't get that heavy turfy peat smoke you get that minerally light delicate alder wood smoke in, into the whiskey so uh, just on sipping on its own or, or making a whiskey sour it's it's a beautiful drink very, very cool. cool and then and then how would you describe your sort of house distillation style to people 
so so the um, the core of the spirit first of all we we decided that whenever you taste the good rye whiskey you'd you should always be able to identify that this is a good whiskey right so it's a bit of a, i would say it's, it's a longer journey for us out there where we need to um just have it be tasted by by people so like going out there and, and have people taste it and get used to a, a new style of making whiskey um, but for us it has to combine those components of um, this uh, real uh, earthiness and those uh, darker sort of spices combined with sweetness that comes through the the raw material and the long fermentation process we have and and then top that off with uh, with the cask elements where we get both uh, new american oak and ex-bourbon contributing uh, quite a bit to the taste so for us the house distillation style um somewhat spicy earthy and um and sweet but as i said rye for Finns is such a particular taste that for people who haven't grown up with the rye bread and rye porridge like we do it just has to be experienced in the end. So mm -hmm. we can use traditional taste descriptors and we do for it, but yeah, just go out and taste it. Yeah, it's interesting you said earthy. That's definitely what I got from it when I tried it first off. And it was almost like a multi-beer uh, nose to it as well. That was quite interesting for me, but yeah, fantastic liquid, man. Congratulations on everything. It's it's, it's great to see you yeah. guys doing so well and, and really pushing the product uh, globally, you know? Um, so I, I suppose one last thing is where can people... Fire, what's the website what's the social media handles let's let's do a shameless plug for you right now yeah thank you <laughs> we love a shameless plug especially since in finland uh the alcohol law starts with the words you cannot market uh hard liquor so <laughs> we'll take plugs wherever we can uh so www.kyrogurdistillery.com um just go to the dot com it'll guide you to the right place whether you live in in the us or, or the uk and at KYRO Distillery in um, Instagram, Facebook, and, and most other socials, you'll find us there. We're quite active in, in discussing things, uh, responding to things. So, so please come and um, engage with us. And like I said, it's always great to come up to Finland, see a bit of the capital region or go to Lapland. But then, uh, you know, do a distillery all, all the way and, and uh, come and have a great dinner and uh, a whiskey tour at the distillery. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us. And again, folks, make sure you go to YouTube, check out Kura's uh, commercial to walk through how these guys do it. You'll be able to see me go walking through the, the forests of Finland with nothing but a, a sprig of rye to cover his uh, whiskey paraphernalia. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great watch and a great go. So thanks very much. Your marketing team did a wonderful job on that. And whoever wrote it is uh, got a great sense of humor. So well done. Congratulations on your whiskey. And thanks so much for being our, our, our guest today. Thanks for having me. Awesome to talk to you.